it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Comedy alive from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not do an interview on CNN last night, Joe Biden. Sitting down for a long talk with Jake Tapper. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and we'll discuss along with some bombshell revelations that Pfizer executives did not test the vaccine for transmission before they brought it to market. This is total crap. Yo, it really is. And we're going to get into it on a busy Wednesday episode of the show. Town Hall senior editor Katie Pavlich, KP. Dustin off the cowboy boots, walking back into the studio. We will also talk with Democratic strategist Kevin Walling. Uh, Kevin Walling, as good of a guy as there is working in this industry, uh, you know, really speaking to the ethos of what makes this show what it is, which is an audio safe space for cool people. We don't care if you're a Republican. We don't care if you're a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a 888-788-9910, the phone number. If you can fit those requirements, we don't care what you believe. We don't care who you vote for. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. Like activism takes energy. You know what I'm saying? You got to get out, go to rallies, get a protest. Come on, man. Stop it. I want to watch football. I want to maybe have a beer, you know, drink a beer, you know, eat a couple of wings. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. I think it has been a phenomenal way to go through life. So to that point, yes, I am not an activist. I am an old school talk show host. I spent most of my life driving a taxi in New York City. I don't know anything about the White House. I know a lot about Waffle House. Like if you want want some recommendations on how to order hash browns, I'm your guy. But if we're really going to fight over how you should vote, I'm telling you, you got other options up and down the dial. Go check them out. When you get done hearing them yell, you're welcome to come right back here to Fox Across America. Where we begin after a victorious night up in the Bronx for my New York Yankees. That was a big one for the Bombers. Game one, 4-1 victory over the Cleveland Indians. Or the Guardians, whatever the hell you're calling it. It's so stupid. Uh, But me, Lincoln, and Jenny had a great time up in the Bronx. And if you reached out to the Fala family, commented about Lincoln making fun of me in the outfield, (laughs) thanks. It was cool. It's always nice to have you guys be a part of our experience. But while we were away cheering for the Yankees, uh, the guy that's managing the current team, Joe Biden, was, you know, really just making the case for why we're in last place as a country these days. That's true. That is true. Now, to be clear, you know, you live in the greatest country in the world. I say that all the time. Okay, this, you know, America. I am, in a lot of ways, the American dream. A guy who was driving a taxi that's now on the radio talking to millions of people. It's kind of a really cool story, and I like to tell it to empower you to believe that whatever you're going through, wherever you think you want to be in life, you can ultimately get there if you're just willing to keep on going. You know, in my case, I just needed to, you know, be willing to get cut off and shot at for 10 years while I was telling joke in comedy clubs, fight with hobbits and time travelers and everything in between. Uh, But the point is, yes, if you are persistent, you can get just about anywhere uh, in this country. That being said, 
We have people running the country right now who have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. So let's start at the top with the Biden interview. Then we're going to get into the vaccine revelations. We got another update on the border, too. I'm very worked up today. You think, you know, the Yankees won. You'd think I'd come in here singing shiny, happy people by R.E.M., but instead you got, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> I really am. Like, I'm in a good mood. But I'm just I'm kind of mad because I, I feel like at the same time, you know, we deserve better than what we have running this mess of a country. And I'll walk you through the Biden interview first. And when I say better, you know, what I mean is people who are competent, which we, we deserve competence. Like if nothing else, I grew up as a little kid really believing like, you know, when I was in the 80s that the people who ran governments at the tippy top of government were like these infallible human beings who were so wholly committed to the cause of bettering the country that they themselves weren't even capable of lying, misleading, or just altogether getting it wrong. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I was wrong. Okay. I really thought, well, well you're running a government. You must really have it together. You know, but the more I've covered politics, the more I feel qualified to be in them. And I'm not telling you I'm going to run. I'd never pass the background check. But the point is, when you listen to guys like Joe Biden, when you listen to people like Kamala Harris, you're like, oh, I get it. Nobody has any idea what's going on. Here is Biden. uh, And it's very fascinating to me. Okay, talking about the money they've brought into the climate change uh, fight which he refers to as global warming, which, oh, by the way, is no longer a thing. You're not supposed to say global warming. That was the hoax when they were raising money off heat. Okay, this is the way climate has worked since world one. Okay, word one. Every single climate issue is just an opportunity for Democrats to fundraise. That's all it is. In the 70s, well, we're going to freeze in 10 years. If you don't pony up, we're going to freeze to death. Please give us money. And then when the 10 years came, they're like, actually, all right, nobody froze. It's actually getting a lot hotter now. We're all going to melt. Please give us money. And then when Al Gore got his Oscar in the early aughts and nobody melted, what did they say? Okay, well, it's we're not going to melt. We're not going to freeze. But who knows what's going to happen? It's weather's really unpredictable. Please give us money. And that's how we went from global warming to climate change. And there were some people who kept up with it every step of the way. Pay up, suckers. Okay, has always been the adage. But here is Joe Biden explaining how much money he's brought into the fight. And I got to be honest. I don't think we know how much money he's brought into the fight based on this answer. Clip five. We passed the en- look what I ran on. I said, we're going to deal with energy. Right. And, and the energy problem, we're going to deal with the whole notion of global warming. We passed three hundred and sixty eight billion dollars worth of help, which, as the same bankers talk about, is going to bring a billion, a trillion, seven hundred million dollar billion dollars off the sidelines and in investment. What? we've got here is failure to communicate okay we're going to bring a trillion billion seven hundred and fifty million dollar off the sideline we have a president that is clearly not all there but this is where jake tapper is like such a hack he doesn't press him and say so what is the number exactly cnn is the worst they really the guy just told you Okay, we passed a bill that'll bring a trillion billion seven hundred and fifty million dollar off the sidelines. Okay, now he meant to say. 
based on the transcript, he actually meant to say $750 billion, but that's not where the conversation ended. Joe Biden's sentences are like those under-the-cap games they play when you go to, like, a baseball stadium. You know where, like, there's three baseball hats on the screen and they show you a ball under, like, cap number two and then they scramble them around 100 times and then you got to guess where the ball's going to be at the end? Those are Joe Biden's sentences. Okay, he's starting out with trillion, then it's billion, then it's million, then it's back to trillion, then it's billion, and then where is it? Biden's lost his marbles. That's the only thing we know. It is a big mess. But he pivoted from there to what? You know, well, we got to talk about, you know, the, the recession. And he tells us, well, it's only going to be a it's only going to be a tiny recession. We've got a lot to run on. Things are going good. Here he is talking about what it is to run on. It's clip one. So you More think than, Democrats have something to run on? Oh, I think we do. I know we do. And here's the contrast. We know what the, what's the Republican platform to run on. What are they running on? What are they for? They're, well, they want to put Social Security on, a, on, on the chopping block every five years and the other leader comes along and says, no, every year it should be up for grabs. Medicare, Medicaid. And the first thing they said they're going to do is get rid of the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, I don't know what they're for. Well, if he says the Republicans are going to get rid of the Inflation Reduction Act, then he's actually making Republicans look good. That's true. That is true. Okay, the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't lower inflation. Okay, it fights inflation the way gasoline fights a fire. Okay, the Congressional Budget Office, the Joint Committee, actually both, both scored the bill, is having a negative impact. It's going to increase inflation in the short term and with any luck, level it out 10 years from now. So is the bill actually reducing inflation? The answer would be no. So when you say Republicans, oh, they want to get rid of the Inflation Reduction Act. You know what the crowd says? More cheers. But here is Biden talking about the recession and if we have a recession it's just going to be a it's going to be a small recession don't worry about it girl clip 24 should the american people prepare for a recession no look they've been saying this now how uh, every every six months they say this every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen it hadn't happened yet it hadn't there there has there is no there's no guarantee that they're going to be i don't think there will be a recession if it is it'll be a very slight recession I mean, come on. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. I mean, really think about that. Oh, it's not going to be a recession. And if it is a recession, it's going to be a tiny recession. Okay, you're just a tiny bit pregnant. Don't worry about it. Okay, folks, a recession is a recession. There's no good way to say this. But if we were going to be honest with each other, you'd understand we're already in a recession. The traditional definition of a recession is what? Two negative quarters of GDP growth. We've already hit that threshold, at which point... The White House turned around and said, oh, no, we changed the we changed it. It's not the definition anymore. We changed the pretty soon. They're going to tell us that, you know, the economy identifies as doing good and its pronouns are bull and that's what they're going to tell you. No, no, it's not a not a recession. The economy's transitioning. It no longer identifies as being in a recession. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Folks, as he says that. Okay, the producer price index today came in with inflation increasing by 0.4%, which was double the 0.2% that was predicted. Okay, year over year, we are at 8.5%, September over September, meaning inflation is still not under control. 
And when Biden says things like, oh, it's, it's not going to be a recession. But if it is a recession, it'll only be a tiny recession. Yo, this is a guy that told you the Afghan army wasn't going to collapse. As he got on TV and said that to your straight face, understand, the president of Afghanistan had already rounded up all the cash he could and hopped on a plane out of the country. Don't worry, we got it under control. Hey, can you speak up a little louder? I can't hear you over those jet engines that the guy just jumped on and fled for his life. You know, the vaccine. We'll get into that in a little bit. Don't worry. If you get vaccinated, you can't get COVID. You cannot get COVID. That's what he told you. It's crazy. The amount of lies they've been willing to tell in this administration. He told you Afghanistan was a successful airlift. We lost 13 service members. We left 10,000 Americans behind enemy lines. You gotta do better than that. Like, you really do in terms of what you're selling us as a success. And I think that's the biggest problem is his willingness to lie makes it really hard to take him at his word on anything. Okay, don't forget, this is a guy who told you with a straight face that people who wanted voter ID in Georgia were worse than Jim Crow. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in in Georgia and 40 other states. So understand they're worse. What do you mean you want voter ID? That's worse than burning down a house. That's worse than a poll tax. That's worse than attacking somebody. No, it's not. These are stupid people. As I said at the top of the show, we deserve better than what we have right now, okay? But when Joe Biden says, oh, we're not in a recession, well, we're not going into a recession, he's technically telling you the truth that we're not going into a recession. Why? Because we already are. You are correct, sir. Introducing Recession by Calvin Klein. A fragrance so good, it's hard to define. And what is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, I'm not going to define it from here. Made from a patented blend of inflation and high fuel prices, recession will have all the hot and horny girls in denial. This is not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. Recession will give you the confidence to take on any challenge. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. Recession. recession is so strong. It's causing women and men to lose their minds. I keep forgetting I'm president. Recession by Calvin Klein, a fragrance that always does the job until there's no more jobs out there. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals, to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. 
Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon on a big Wednesday episode of the show. Uh, if you're watching me on TV these days, I'll be on Gutfeld tomorrow night with Greg Gutfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf. Uh, and then I'm hitting the road. I'm going to be in Ottumwa, Iowa this Saturday night. You can see me at the Bridgeview Center. Tickets for that at Ticketmaster.com. And then October the 28th and 29th, I am hanging out at the Spokane Comedy Club in Spokane, Washington. Come see your radio buddy if you're up in that area. And then we're on to Vegas November the 5th. We'll be in Texas the week of November the 10th. And then I've got to remind everybody down in Oklahoma City, I'm going to be in the Bricktown Comedy Club December 9th and December 10th. That is a Friday, Saturday. We'll get a ticket link up onto the Fox Across America page. But right now, the social media I want to talk about is not mine. It is Paul Begala, uh, who was on CNN yesterday. <laughs> it's really funny. Trashing white liberals on Twitter as a bunch of pains in the ass. This is really funny. It says real Democrats support Biden. It's the white liberals on Twitter that are the problem. Clip six. And as a guy who loves Joe Biden, that's fine. He, he'll steamroll any potential Look, Paul, Democrat I, I and then go on and beat the Trump. field in the Democratic primaries. And the fact is Joe Biden performed worse in the early states where voters saw a lot of him. And that's just a fact. Iowa. Why, why, why is that? Why is that? Look, I spoke before or after Joe Biden half a dozen times. And the fact is, when he came off that stage, you know what people were not saying? That guy has the energy, the vigor, the, the like the... And the then all of a sudden president. he developed it. You're missing the most important thing, Andrew. The early states are full of white liberals. They don't like Joe. Then when we moved to real Democrats, African-Americans in the South, they loved him and he steamrolled everybody. Because in my party, the heart and soul of the party are people of color, not pain-ass white liberals on Twitter. I'm sorry to <laughs> use bad language. I think but, you touched a button here. With yeah, because, but that's the heart of my party. The Republicans should start with white Christian yeah. evangelicals. Okay. That's their heart. But, my but, party should start with people of color. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? It's really wild to hear him say the, that out loud. Yeah, white people, we don't want you. You're not the heart of my party. The point is they really are prioritizing people by the color of their skin. Like the Democrats are racist. The Democrats are segregationist. When you think about Martin Luther King saying, I want to live in a country where we judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. He's flat out telling you, oh, it needs the white liberals. I mean, I agree with him. They are a pain in the ass. But the point is the Democrats don't look at you as people. They look at you as black people, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people. To the Democrats, your race is everything. He knows what he's talking about. It is everything. It's the world. That's through the world, the lens through which they see the world. And that's why we're in the position that we're in is that they never stop invoking race. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about an update, a bombshell update, Bill Malusian. Our border reporter here at Fox News has just, through a Freedom of Information Act request, unearthed 
what is probably, I don't want to say it's the greatest Democratic racial hoax of all time because there have been so many of them. Okay, but we have a monster one, okay, involving our Border Patrol that just broke in the last few minutes that we're going to get into. But it's just an extension of the conversation we're already having. They look at this as how can we prioritize certain races to get out to vote as opposed to how can we deliver for the American people. And that's why the country is such a freaking mess. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Oh, boy. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if you guys are in the mood for a full-blown racial hoax, this is your Super Bowl. This is a big break of radio if you just like a good racial gaslighting, if you like injecting bile into the political atmosphere for no reason whatsoever other than to help your own political cause. This is it for you. I mean, I have something so disgusting to share. Just, ugh. I've been covering this story for a while now. But if you guys remember, okay, back in September of last year, okay, we had the image, the image down at the border, okay, in Del Rio, where border agents on horses, okay, according to Democrats on Twitter, they were whipping Haitian migrants. That is a fact check false. Now, we knew at the time it was a fact check false. Why did we know that? Because the photographer who took those photos emailed the White House, emailed the Democratic Party, and more importantly, emailed Secretary Mayorkas, the Homeland Security Secretary, telling him, hey, this isn't true. Now, why is this significant? Because Mayorkas got that email two and a half hours before he went on national TV and said it was true. Uh, so my, I want to be clear, and I'm going to walk you right through the data, the particulars, and how we know what we're, we know. This isn't like, you know, speculation. This isn't some right-wing Fox News looking to stir up the pot. My orca should be impeached, should be thrown out of office immediately. In a better time, he would just step down right now and have some dignity because he was told, hey, these are – These Border Patrol agents are on horses. They're using split reins. Nobody's being whipped. That's what they look like. This is not the thing for you to say. But the White House made an internal calculation that it was the right thing to get out there and say. Why? Because the Twitter mob really does run the Democratic Party, first and foremost, because it's comprised largely of journalists. And the journalists on the left give the Democrat their direction. And when the Democrats give the journalists some direction, they run cover for them. You know how they work. It's all one and the same. But understand, the Democrats decided to go out despite being told from the photographer that there were no whipping. There was no whipping at all. They decided to go out and claim that there was anyway. Why? 
because they'd rather talk about a fake racial hoax than discuss their own inability to secure the southern border. Bingo. Okay, that's how we got to where we were. And this piece of garbage knew for two and a half hours before he spoke that this wasn't a real thing. Now, this is significant. I'm going to play a sound. Okay, Biden had a reaction at the time. They're going to be punished. Okay, you can't do this. This harkens back to the days of slavery. They said all of this knowing it wasn't true. Do you understand? Like, this is disgusting. We live in an era where people's emotions are their facts. You throw them a photo, just a still photo from the wrong angle and say, ah, they're whipping people. For enough folks that just run on moral superiority and want to feel like they're better than somebody else, this is accepted as emotionally true, which means if it's emotionally true in their world, it's factually true. Well, I feel a certain way, so it must be accurate. They're crazy. They're insane. But you understand this gave them what the Democrats like to run on, which is moral superiority. Hey, oh, look at all these Republicans, and no wonder they want to secure the border. You get to whip people like it's slavery. Look at us. Great. Yeah, of course. And what did we do? Okay, we banned right now to this day. We don't have horses. We don't have mounted border patrol in that sector anymore because of these images that were falsely conflated as a racial hoax. We're now at an operational disadvantage at our southern border. It is easier to get drugs in. It is easier to smuggle humans in. Okay, all of this easier. Why? Because the horses, the mounted, the mounted agents go a long way towards crowd control. That's what horses are there for, crowd control. We no longer have that ability for crowd control, or we're at least doing it at a diminished capacity, because they gaslit the country on a 100% fake racial hoax. Here it is. According to a new email from September 24th, 2021, day before my mom's birthday, obtained by the Heritage Foundation, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was told that the photographer who captured a clash between Border Patrol agents and Haitian migrants in Del Rio had claimed that the incident was being misconstrued. At the time, Democrats in the White House were pushing a false narrative that migrants had been whipped or strapped by Border Patrol agents. President Biden even told reporters back then to see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped. It's outrageous. I promise you, these people will pay. There will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences. Democrats are so full of crap. Yeah, you know what the consequences were for all of us? Because this fake hoax took the Border Patrol off the case. Okay, according to findings by the Office of Professional Responsibility in July, no whips were in the possession of the agents. No migrant was struck by anything, including a horse rein. These reins were being used by Border Patrol agents to control their horses as migrants crossed the river. Just hours after Biden made his accusatory comments, Marsha Espinosa, Assistant Secretary of DHS Public Affairs, emailed Mayorkas and CC'd other DHS leadership, pointing out an article which showed that the photographer who took the images did not see any whipping. She even highlighted comments from the photographer made in the article saying that he did not witness any whipping by the Border Patrol agents. Just two and a half hours after receiving that email, Mayorkas joined then White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki at a White House press conference and continued to push the false narrative that migrants were being whipped. His quote, the images horrified us in terms of what they suggest and what they conjure up, he said at the time, and went on to say the horses have long reins and the image in the photograph that we all saw that horrified the nation 
raised serious questions about what occurred. And as I stated quite early, it conjured up images of what has occurred in the past. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Yo, he should be forced to resign. This is not win back. We got to win back the House and impeach this guy. No. Yo, if you're a Democrat, have some self-respect. This isn't me against you. Okay, our country, our country is less safe because they knowingly perpetuated a racial hoax at the border. Because they were more concerned with the political liability of the border being wide open, crime spiking, you know, resources being strapped, fentanyl becoming the leading cause of adult death in this country. They don't want the political baggage for that. So they'd rather make it about fake racism. So it was what they did. And understand, even though this is according to the foundation, even though they weren't being whipped, the DHS secretary continued to make these claims, okay? Knowing, knowing that nobody got whipped, they got out on TV for days and weeks and said, look at them whipping the migrants. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Yo, I'm just, I'm telling you the way we do politics is bad for you. It's bad for me. It's bad for my family. It's bad for Lincoln. It's bad for Jenny. It's bad for Daisy, our cat. It's bad for Bixby, the dog. It's bad for everybody in the country, man. Okay, when the people in charge are that indifferent to the toxic effect they're having on our society by injecting this bile into the political bloodstream, it makes everything, everything more hostile in society. Think of where we got as a byproduct of two years of saying all the cops are racist. Never mind that more than half the cops now are minorities. No, they're racist. I'm telling you, they're in the Klan. Apparently there was a typo in the Klan handbook, and they just started hiring black people left and right. It's weird. I don't know. Never seen anything like it. Okay? It defies logic and reason. But understand, it is making us a less safer country. We're now in a place where our border is operating, our security anyway, in a diminished capacity because we don't have, okay, any mounted horses there to save the day. We don't actually have, okay, any ability to control crowds the way we did prior to this incident, okay? That is a thing that no longer exists. So you understand we're in a really tough spot here, okay? And we're in that tough spot as a byproduct of our own doing. And the thing is, okay, and the thing is now, okay, at the time, everything that was said was said as fact, adopted as fact, and people on the left who just run on, hey, I know better than these evil Trumpers. You understand, there's a whole half of this country. It's sick. There's a whole half of this country that hates you as a conservative so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. A lot of right, rich, white, rich liberals that I live with here in New York are loaded Rich beyond wildest, beyond all believable bounds, and they're miserable. Do you know how many people I know that write and produce shows on Showtime? Like for real, like big networks, HBO, stuff like that, I'm, that I know through comedy and everything else that like hate me because I work at Fox? Because these people just need something to hate. Like in the movie Scarface, when Tony Montana stands up at the movie and he's at the end of the movie and he's like, You need people like me so you can point your finger and say, That's the bad guy. That's what they run on. They need somebody to point their finger at and say that's the bad guy, even if they're the ones doing the evil. Do you understand? This montage I'm about to play you from all these idiot Democrats talking about border agents whipping people, 
okay, are out here calling border agents, innocent men and women who have put their life on the line to protect this country. They're willing to slander them as racists for all eternity just to give half the country somebody to point their finger at and say, that's the bad guy. Here it is, clip 15. To see people treat it like they did, horses really running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. Uh, one cannot weaponize a horse uh, to aggressively attack a child. That is unacceptable. That is not what our policies and our training require. Please understand, let me be quite clear. Um, that is not acceptable. We will not tolerate mistreatment. And we okay. will address it with full force based on the facts that we learn. What I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were is horrible. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, but human beings should never be treated that way. As an image, to me, it does smack of a bygone era of slavery, aided by reports of people being beaten, whether with a riding crop or the reins, most likely. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. And in this instance, the stupid idea was keeping the border open. Okay, and that border remains open. We have lost operational control in three sectors, according to our own Border Patrol. Okay, our ability to mitigate crowd gathering is gone because of this fake racial hoax. You know what else is gone? Our ability to take any of these people seriously ever again because they'd rather ruin good men and women who are trying to protect our border. They'd rather poison an already fractured society with another myth about racial division then look out for you and me. And I'm just telling you, man, I'm not talking to you as a Republican. I'm talking to you as a dad, a neighbor, a guy. Okay, this is bad for everybody. This is not a me versus you. If you're a liberal listening right now, these are the people in our country running it at the tippy top. We're told hours before they went on TV, hey, nobody got whipped. But they all got on TV and said they were whipped anyway. That's just how white folks will do you. Why? Because they'd rather talk about the border's agents' made-up record than talk about their real one. Disgusting. Sneak across the border, baby, and get stopped by guys from ICE. Walked a thousand miles, cause he thought Biden was nice. Now the border's a mess, it gets worse every night, and Biden's lying to the press. You know he'd blame the border agents, cause he's failing every
This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Are you tired of losing political debates because your party doesn't have any good ideas? I had the same problem until I got racism, the Democrat prescription that reduces every single issue to race problems. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Using racism can make you feel like a good person, even if you're patently terrible. I have some skeletons in my closet that I need to cover up so that I can get elected. And with no basis in fact, personal attacks have never been easier. Whether you're slandering an ex-president. I don't think they like me very much. Or even a dead children's author. Mom, they canceled Dr. Seuss. So don't waste your time finding solutions to real problems. Create pretend problems. It's not enough to say I'm not a racist in America. You need to be anti-racist. Warning, a percentage of Democrats who used racism experienced limited grasp of facts and were prone to blurting out racist things themselves. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Ask your government-provided doctor about racism today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, the Democrats running an empty vessel, the SS racism, setting sail yet again, this time past our southern border, where if you're just joining the conversation, if you remember back to September of last year, okay, border agents were falsely accused of whipping Haitian migrants who attempted to cross a river at Del Rio. We knew it was false at the time because the photographer went on Twitter himself and said, hey, I took these photos. This isn't real. You know what else he did? He contacted the White House and said, hey, these things aren't real. Nobody was getting whipped. I was there. You know what they did? They ran out and said it was real anyway. Okay, that is disgusting. And you want to know what else? The New York Times, the Washington Post were right there with them. This is worse than slavery. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. I'm really serious, man. Um, My job, this is so unique to me, so new to my life, the last two years. I'm hosting this big talk show. There's millions of people listening, watching you on TV. And I tell you all the time that I want you to have some perspective as to what the world really looks like when you get into these circles that I'm now swimming in from time to time. Okay, everything I knew about the show business of politics was discovered at the White House Correspondents' Dinner where I was at a mixer. I've told the story on the air before. And Secretary Mayorkas, the guy in charge of securing our southern border, was waiting in line at a cocktail party. He was waiting in line to meet Don Lemon. But he was waiting like a fangirl. You ever seen those videos of the Beatles playing at Chase Stadium in 1964 and the women are literally crying and like throwing themselves over the fence? That was Don, Don Lemon being greeted by Secretary Mayorkas. Like, oh, my God, I have all your live albums. I have your posters up in my room. You know, it was bananas. And in that moment, I stopped and I said to myself, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the guy in charge of securing the border. Fangirling over the guy that says border security is racist. And I sat there looking at it like, this could be a problem. But I had no idea just how big of a problem it was. Folks, it is all show business. These people say and do things because they want power. They don't care how it affects you. They don't care how it affects me. And if you don't believe me, look at the testimony yesterday from the Pfizer executives who said they didn't even test the transmission on this vaccine before they gave it to us. We'll discuss it next. It's nuts. 
Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, fired up in this hour to bring you an embarrassment of radio riches. Katie Pavlich is going to be in the house, senior editor at Town Hall, Fox News contributor, who has some choice words for Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. I think it goes beyond him, though. Pfizer executives testifying yesterday over in the European Union that they did not even test the vaccine to see whether or not it stopped transmission before they let it loose on the market. What the hell did you just say? This is a real thing. This is not like some political right-wing strongman show. Okay, I'm a former New York City cab driver. I am not in charge of the democracy. I tell you this every damn day on my show, okay? I am not an activist. That takes energy. I've got to go to rallies. i got to chase people out of restaurants. Stop it. That's not what I'm doing. I talk on the radio and I go home and eat everything imaginable in sight. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. And you guys think I'm kidding. You think this is like radio shtick. Okay, Fox has hired a guy to follow me around and stop me from eating between TV hits. Put that cookie down now. And I don't say this for any other reason than because I need you to understand where I'm coming from on this show. Okay, it is a show. It is a talk show. We can discuss issues that face all of us as Americans. You are not my enemy if you vote differently than I do. Okay, I am a Republican. I'm conservative, unapologetically so. But we've got to get away from this place where we're all rooting for our parties a lot harder than we're rooting for our countries. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, because what happened with this vaccine, what happened with COVID as a whole, it's one of my biggest disappointments. As an adult American, and I'm using the phrase loosely, but the fact remains it was common cause. COVID attacked us, and it didn't know who you were voting for. It didn't say, like, what are you, Republican or Democrat? I got to know before I infect you. Okay, again, it's a sophisticated virus manufactured in a lab by all accounts, but it's not that sophisticated that it knows what you're up to before it infects you. Okay, so understand this was common cause. This was something we were all supposed to band together and battle. Instead, we battled each other. It's disgusting, and it's why we don't do that on this show. We didn't do it before COVID. We don't do it after COVID. It's Dr. Seuss. We don't do it on the train. We don't do it on a plane. On this show, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. All we ever ask is that you don't be a Which brings me to the Pfizer executives who are very much acting like a bunch of Folks, this next one, this is a lot. This is a lot to deliver on the radio today. I'm a little worked up about this one. That's why we didn't open the show on it. I would have lost my mind by now. They'd be tasing me to get me out of the studio because I would have turned into Mighty Joe Young. Remember that film where, like, the 33-foot-high gorilla just starts throwing Volkswagens because he's in a bad mood? be me, Mighty Jim Young. Then they'd have to come in and tase me. Wow! Okay, this Pfizer story, if you didn't see it this morning making the rounds on social media, Okay, we come at it from two angles, but the big one being a Pfizer executive openly admitted yesterday, testifying before the European Union, that the vaccine, remember the vaccine? Okay, the vaccine that was mandated, the vaccine you were forced to take, the vaccine you were fired from your job if you didn't 
take it. That's not right. You know the people who say, my body, my choice? Oh, my body, my choice. When it came to the vaccine, they said, you don't have a choice. You shut up, you get the vaccine, or you're not going to work in this country again. That's not right. Kevin Meany, not having it either. Okay, that vaccine that we were told would stop the spread of the virus. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. Okay, understand, she was speaking with that level of self-righteousness about a vac she knew nothing about. She just knew what Big Pharma was telling us. She just knew what the government had established as the political battle line. We need a culture war. You've got to go get vaccinated. If you don't, you're evil. It's your fault. We still have a pandemic. It's time to start shaming these people, they said. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. I know that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're- and listen to the crowd clapping because they were on board with shaming you. Shaming you over a lie not getting vaccines it's time to start shaming them because frankly we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated that f- them f- their freedom i want my freedom to live no screw your freedom you're a schmuck for not wearing a mask we have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot shame on you i mean folks did you hear that what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Did you, I mean, really think about it. We've got to shame these people. Folks, you, people got fired from their jobs. We fired cops, people who protect us from, like, robberies and rapes and murders. You're never going to call 911 and go, help, I'm getting raped. Could you send a vaccinated cop? Make sure he's vaccinated. Getting robbed. They just threw me on the train tracks. Can you send somebody over that's vaxxed? And additionally boosted two times. What the hell is the world coming to? That's the way they sit. They framed this. Okay? You have to get vaccinated. Screw your freedom. Understand you have to get vaccinated because you might be healthy. But you got to do it for the other guy who, who might get COVID because you're unvaccinated, at which point you've just killed my grandma. You, just, you might as well shoot my grandma on the head if you're not getting vaccinated. That was the argument. You understand? Okay, that's what we were told. The vaccine would stop the spread of COVID. Everybody you know who's vaxxed and boosted has gotten COVID probably two times by now. This is an insane lie. Okay, but bigger than that is the fact that they're now admitting. I'm going to play some audio. Here's Dr. Paul Offit. He is an FDA advisory panel member 
advisory panel member. He voted on the panel to advise us on what to do with the vaccine. And he says he voted no because he couldn't vote hell no. You've got to get mad. And explains there was no data. There was no data to support them giving it to us. And they only had mouse data to actually go with. What the hell did you just say? Yo, did you hear that? I I did say what I just said. Mouse data. Here it is. Here's clip 40. Do the benefits of this vaccine outweigh the risks? I I didn't see the benefits. We really need much better data, I think, before we move forward on this. And I can only hope that it's coming because I feel very strongly about my no vote there. In fact, the only reason I voted no was because hell no was not a choice. And and it just um, surprised me that we were willing to go forward with this with such scant evidence of benefit. I think that the phrase that I used was, uncomfortably scant. So you, you just sort of felt like the fix was in a little bit here. Maybe that's not the right phrase, but it was something that, that they wanted. And I felt like we were being led here with, that, with, with a, a critical lack of information. What a fraud. Think about that. A critical lack of information given to the actual Food and Drug Administration. That's the advisory panel, the advisory panel on whether or not we should be taking these shots advised you, forced you against your will to take these shots with no information, none. Okay. They went on to mandate these shots, whether you wanted them or not, after saying they wouldn't have a mandate. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. I mean, come on, man. Stop lying to us. Because they turned around and they lied and they forced it on us anyway. Disgusting. Here is Dr. Paul Offit on August the 29th telling NBC in Philadelphia. Again, this man is an FDA advisory panel member. He is advising our country on whether or not we should take this vaccine. He voted no because he said we didn't have any human data. Here it is. Clip 41. Right now, they're saying that we should trust mouse data, and I don't think that should ever be true. I I don't think you should ever ask tens of millions of people to get a vaccine based on mouse data. The reason to consult us is because when you do that, when you you consult us, that's open to the public. So we'll get then all the data from the two companies, which then is available to the public. By not doing that, by simply saying we don't need that advice, what they're also saying is we're not going to be transparent about what we have to the American public. And I just think that's not fair. It's not fair. Okay, they're using mouse data. They're telling it to put, you know, you should inject this or you're fired. Your kids should inject this or they can't go to school. Those are Dr. Fauci's words. He should be behind bars. And if you didn't feel that way beforehand, listen to this clip. Here's the president of Pfizer International, Janine Small. She testified yesterday. She's the president of International Developed Markets. She says we moved to the speed of science and did not know if the vaccine prevented transmission. Clip 38. Regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? 
No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. And from that point of view, we had to do everything at risk. I think our Dr. Boudla, even though he's not here, would turn around and say to you himself, uh, if not us, then who? Um, Dr. Boudla actually felt the importance of what was going on in the world. And therefore, as a result of that, we actually um, spent $2 billion at risk uh, of self-funded money from Pfizer to be able to manufacture, as it, well, first of all, research, develop, and manufacture at risk to be able to make sure that we were in a position to be able to help um, with the pandemic. Girl, please stop talking right now. Yo, are you kidding me? They didn't know if the vaccine trans, you know, prevented transmission. We were just told for a year and a half it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You're not telling me the truth. Okay, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Hate these people. Shame these people. They're holding us back because they're not vaccinated. Okay, they had no idea. They had no data. And they forced this into your body. They forced it into my body. Okay, my kid is vaccinated. Think about that. Okay, and we live in, you know, New York, and there were restrictions. Kid couldn't go to school. I couldn't go to work. That's a thing. It's really hard for me to justify not taking it when you think of all the things I've put into my body over the years. As a cab driver and a touring comedian, I myself have done more drugs than a retired lab rat. Okay, but the point is you shouldn't be forcing medicine into anybody's body if they don't want to take it. But more specifically, when you yourself know for a fact that it might not even do the thing it's supposed to do. Do you understand? You didn't test a vaccine to see if it stops transmission. Have they tested condoms to see if they stop people from getting pregnant and catching STDs? Have they tested birth control to make sure that stops you from getting pregnant? I mean, it doesn't matter because if you took the vaccine, you probably can't get pregnant anymore anyway. How many of those cases do we have to see? This is insane. And it was forced on people against their will. Some of us took it willingly or indifferently or whatever your case may be. But never forget, when they were cracking down on Canadian truck drivers, when we were firing cops and firemen, our army didn't meet its recruiting goals because of the vaccine. Because there was a vaccine mandate. We had a pilot shortage because of the vaccine mandate. Understaffed businesses because of the vaccine mandate. How about 40% of the black community, the largest percentage of the population that's unvaccinated, still being denied access in parts of the country where they have these mandates in place? You know, the woke, tolerant, inclusive Democrats. This is a scam. And it was all done to do I don't know what. Get Democrats power, get pharmaceutical companies rich, but it did nothing for you. Got a little number here for all those bosses making us get the vaccine. Take this jab and shove it. I ain't working here no more. The government lied to call our freedom. It's my choice, not yours. You better not try to jab me today as I'm walking out that door. Take this jab and shove it. I ain't working here no more. I've been working in my house, which felt like 15 years. All this time I've watched politicians selling us a ton of fear. And I've seen Dr. Fauci lie and change his mind every day. I 
take my mask off and send it back if I had the guts to say take this jab and shove I ain't working here no more the government lied to call our freedom it's my choice not yours you better not try to jab me today as I'm a walking out the door take this jab and shove it I ain't working here no more take this jab and shove it you're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox across America it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I was at the Yankee game last night hanging out with Jenny and Lincoln. Uh, John Fetterman uh, was sitting down for an interview on MSNBC. Uh, Dasha Burns, the woman he sat down with, uh, outlined Fetterman's health condition to give people a better take on how the interview was conducted and why it was conducted the way it was. It's very interesting. This is clip 16. We had a monitor set up so that he could read my questions because he still has lingering auditory processing issues as a result of the stroke. Just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our, our conversations. I mean, dude. I got a bad feeling about this. Betterman tried to explain it away himself. Here it is, clip 17. That auditory processing where I'll, I'll hear someone speaking, but sometimes I'll be able to be uh, precise on what exactly that they're saying. I use captioning. I always thought I was pretty empathetic, uh, uh, emphatic. Uh, I think I was very, excuse me, empathetic. Uh, you know, that's an example of the stroke, empathetic. Yeah. I, I always thought I was very empathetic uh, before having a stroke. But now after having that stroke, I really understand you know, much more kind of the challenges that Americans have day in and day out. Now, listen, I have a lot of empathy for this guy. I don't want to mock his health condition. But, you know, when she's flat out telling you, you know, we need closed captioning, we need a monitor to read the, pro- the, the questions to him. OK, she's kind of telling you, I don't know that he's in the physical capacity to serve. But, you know, you get called a monster for asking the question in this day and age. And this is why we can't have nice things. OK, it's a mess. We're going to get into it with Katie Pavlich. Got a little more vaccine conversation to be had. So the champ is not having it. It's a cranky Wednesday on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. If you've been listening to the show, I'm all worked up today. Champ is a mess. There's a lot of ridiculousness in the news. Well, they're sending in some backup to try to get things back in order. She is, of course, I believe a general now in the Jimmy Fallon fashion army. She has her own spinoff <laughs> army. It's like it's a whole thing now. We're sending money. She's like the Ukraine of fashion. We just give her all our money. Uh, senior editor at Town Hall Fox News yeah. contributor Katie Pavlich is back. General Pavlich, hello. I've got at least two stars as a general in the Fela fashion mafia. It, it, and I'm going to a gala tonight for the Independent Women's Forum, and I'm wearing a turquoise suit that is made of statin. So yo. I thought of you when I was making my selection and thought that would be a- approved by you uh, for the event. Oh, so that's we'll huge. see how it goes over. Teal, you're going to dominate. Is there a step and repeat? 
Uh, there is not. There is not. So well, not, can, not at that level yet. Can, but, can we know, talk? Maybe, maybe next time I can get my third star as a general. <laughs> well, let me ask you this really quick, General. Um, are you mandating on your troops the vaccine after hearing from Pfizer executives today that wow. transmission wasn't a consideration? Like, I, what, I, what am I missing? Why is the world not losing their minds? I mean, it is the the information that continues to come out now about the COVID vaccine, uh, given that the question exactly that about does it stop transmission? What are the long term side effects? What are the effects of the vaccine on women and fertility? All of those questions were said to be inappropriate. They were anti-science that people if you did, if you asked any kind of question about it, you were you know, perpetuating um, the spread of COVID. And yet this week we have a woman who's in charge of the international marketing for Pfizer admitting to the European Parliament under questioning from a European parliamentary member that they didn't test at all whether the vaccine prevented transmission or trans, trans, yeah. Yeah, transmitted the virus. So yep. my understanding of what a vaccine is supposed to do is to literally prevent it from spreading to other people. Like that's how the measles vaccine works. That's how polio works. It inoculates you so you don't spread it to other people, right? And so that you can't get it. And she just said that this week, like, well, we had to work at the speed of science and therefore we didn't test whether it prevented transmission. But the big lie that we were all told and we were all forced into these mandates uh, people were, you know, run out of society across the world. If you had questions about that vaccine, if you were part of the great unclean, unvaccinated class yep. for daring to say, hey, you know, I know a lot of friends who are vaccinated and they're all getting COVID. Yep. So are they spreading COVID? And it was one of those things, like all these other things surrounding the pandemic that was obvious mm-hmm. because it was common sense. But yet it took like six months for the experts to finally weigh in, right? It took six months for the CDC to finally admit that, yes, vaccinated people can spread the, the virus to other people. Yep. And so that just destroyed all of their credibility for any of these mandates that they put in place. Yes. Well, I, and yet it's not even a lead story. Well, that's what I think is so insane. It's like we've, we actually fired cops and you're never, you know, who, who, you know, protect you from things a lot worse than COVID. Like, you're, you're never going to call 911 and be like, I'm getting robbed. Make sure you send a vaccinated cop. You know, I don't right. I don't want an unvaccinated cop showing up like it's insane what they did. And what's even crazier to me, KP, is exactly what she said. We never tested this to see if it stopped transmission would have not only gotten you thrown off Twitter like a year ago, uh-huh. like you uh-huh. might have gotten fired from your job and chased out of polite society. Right, right, and you know this is something that the the that Pfizer has you know buried has decided not to give to the public as they were perfectly happy with the government mandating and buying uh, their vaccine to the tune of billions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, they were happy with making that money, but not being transparent about the fact that they didn't go through the proper process. And anytime you brought up the the fact that look, it's an emergency use authorization, it is not completely approved because it's just emergency approved for emergency use that hasn't gone through all the steps of the FDA. Uh, I have questions and I would like to wait until there's more information about the vaccine. Yep. It used to be that that was a prudent thing to do, mm-hmm. but you were basically burned at the stake for doing it. And then now it, it, it continues. I mean, the booster shot for children uh, has just been approved by the FDA without a single clinical trial. 
you have Dr. Marty McCary, who's Johns Hopkins doctor, mm-hmm. saying that some of these studies for the booster shots were, were just based on a couple of mice. There were no human trials. Crazy. And yet they're continuing to do this, and you have the, the, the White House coordinator at the uh, at the podium yesterday in the White House briefing, Dr. Jaw, saying everybody needs to go out and get vaccinated with a booster. Um, it's just incredible. And, you know, Dr. Drew has been talking about this on his show a lot, and he mm-hmm. was saying, look, myocarditis used to be a huge thing. You know, it used to be a, a serious complication and now they're acting like just getting it from this vaccine is no big deal and they're completely ignoring this new study from the harvard medical school educated surgeon general of florida showing that the vaccine for young men increases their chance of cardiac death by 84 percent that is psychotic and it's like i mean okay when you look at the stats about dying from covid in that age range versus would i rather have a cardiac arrest in my 30s, no thank you. I think I'll take my chances with COVID. It just comes down to the zero risk thing when it comes to COVID. It's yeah. like they didn't think about, or maybe they did and they just ignored it, which is what they probably did. Yeah. Um, they don't weigh any of the risks of other things that may be worse for you than the vaccine or getting COVID itself. Well, what it comes down to is there's a lot of political power to be had, and there's a lot of ski houses in Aspen, Colorado to buy. You know, and I think this thing was yeah. just, you know, people read the Rob report. Right. They see those Porsches and Ferraris and they're like, I don't know, how bad is this drug going to screw people up? I'm going to be on the ski lift. I'm not going to know anyway. It's psychotic. Um, well, you, go ahead. Yeah. I know a woman who works as a, a recruiter for, you know, it's for employment recruiter. And one of the hospitals for one for candidates where they worked, the employees for every 20,000 vaccinations in the hospital, every employee got $300. Wow. So there's this huge financial incentive, and this is COVID when they're counting everybody who tested positive for COVID as a COVID case or as a COVID death, even if you got shot yes. and died from a gunshot wound, yeah. which completely contaminated the data and freaked everybody out that this was uh, more yeah. fatal than it actually was because there was too much money involved, right? So and so it is about money. It's corrupt. And the idea that they just didn't test for transmission. Yeah. Which is the entire point of a vaccine? Like, well, they yeah. foisted this on everybody. Is just absolutely scandalous. Uh, imagine going to a garage, getting new brakes on your car, and they tell you, "Oh, we don't test to see if they actually stop the car." Right. You just, right. You just have to have brakes to and pass then you crash your car. Yeah. Because your brakes don't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can't sue them. They have immunity on that. They're like, "Well, we don't have to yeah. prove that the brakes actually work." Uh, Kitty Pavlich is on the line, and we're both about to start a militia. So I have to transition here because we're getting <laughs> we're getting worked up, and you're more you're, you're more armed than anybody. So that's probably not a good direction to go in. Um, but I, I am glad though that we have the mouse data, you know, because. The remote yeah. learning was not working out in the mouse community. There were too many mice missing out on an education remotely. Now, does this mean the mice can go back to school? So uh, I think the mice are allowed to go back to school as long as they wear a mask. <laughs> so, yo, it's so nuts. It's so. And they can only learn on Zoom, but they have to wear a mask on Zoom. All these, all these mice on Zoom, you know, time was that mice could get together in a subway platform. They're like, nope, you can't do it. It's bananas, man. And it's like, you, yeah, you, if you don't insane. laugh at it, and it's so what's so crazy about it to me is like, 
it, this was a moment in in the history of this country for like everyone in the 90s that grew up listening to like Rage Against the Machine or everybody in the early aughts that was like an Occupy Wall Street person, like the people who really raged against big pharma, big banks, uh-huh. big government. This was their Super Bowl. And they all went the other way. They joined the machine. They were like, no, nah, no, nah, the machine wants you to take the vaccine. I'm with them. Screw these right wing people. And all we were ever really doing is just asking for information. Like to this day, nobody can give us the long term information on how it affects you, me, our kids or anybody's menstrual cycle. But we're supposed to be right. heretics for not going along with it. And it's just it's psychotic. And do you do this thing? I just want to ask you, do you do this thing that I do? Where when these political (laughs) lines get drawn, I always do have a moment of introspection where I say, "Okay, this is my position. By chance, am I crazy? By chance, am I missing some context? Am I kind of deluding myself into thinking, you know, we have this righteous point that really doesn't hold up to scrutiny? And I never feel that way when it comes to our positions. I feel like a lot of their positions are being sold on like hardcore social pressure, some type of, you know, racial gaslighting. And we'll get to the border in a second. But do you do that? I feel like I do that. And my question to you is, do you do that? And do you think they do that on the left? Uh, I don't think they do that at all on, mm-hmm. on the left. Um, but th- a lot of the behavior during COVID, it was like, you're making me feel crazy by being crazy yourself. So I mean, true. when you see someone walking their dog alone outside into a 95 mass, it's like, <laughs> okay, I see that. And you're making me feel crazy, but yeah. you're being crazy. I mean, it's just the ultimate. And then for them to turn around like Dr. Fauci and say, oh, I never advocated for anything to be shut down. Yeah. Are you kidding me? This is a guy who said that he wanted it to be shut down more harshly, like yep. we, like they yep. do in communist China, yep. where they haul you away with guns if you even test positive or refuse to get tested. I mean, and starve people to death in their apartment buildings and weld shut doors. Uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's... And so introspection is good, obviously. <laughs> um, but, you know, you saw this so early on with the pushback and it's just amazing and just general what happens when you start threatening people's money yep. and power and status by asking questions and how quickly the backlash is. And in the case of COVID, they had the power they needed because they could say it was a public health issue. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got so threatened by just basic questions of common sense about, yeah, Hey, um, I have some questions about the long-term uh issues with this and i want to know where all the leftist feminists are yeah like you guys were all on board with doing whatever the government said to do and women who were asking questions about long-term fertility issues which Mm -hmm. are being downplayed as well um were thrown right under the bus like oh you must just be anti-science and you don't take this seriously i mean it's unbelievable it's nuts katie pavlich is on the line and it's really nuts when you square it with the, the fact that we're back to my body my choice When it it comes to late-term abortion or whatever they're championing now, how did they go on that one really quick from safe, legal, and rare to all aboard a third grader, mind your own business? (laughs) I know. I know. It's it's, nuts. It's quite amazing how they went from safe, legal, and rare in the 90s to today. Not a single Democrat running for office will give you a a single restriction that they support in terms of abortion. Not one. Nothing. It's so, and, so it's, and that is completely out of the mainstream of American women, by the way. Mm-hmm. American women want restrictions after 15 weeks, but he wouldn't know it by the way the Democrats talk. No, no, never. And that, that's what's funny is like they, they portray, uh, you know, the other side as extreme. 
You know, look at these extremists that want to cap mm-hmm. abortion at 15 weeks, which is what everybody in the world is doing, you know, ex, you know, except China and North Korea, which are not the greatest human rights records on the planet, KP. Not the best. Yeah, um, not the best, I would say. <laughs> you yeah. bring up women, so let me just pivot really quick. You're obviously a huge fan of the vice president, Kamala Harris. I know you love her dearly. Um <laughs> But I, I, on the Seth Meyers thing, and everyone knows I'm kidding, but on the Seth Meyers thing where she was talking about, like, marijuana, no one should be in jail for marijuana, and obviously uh-huh. there's some hypocrisy there because she put 2,000 people in jail for marijuana. But my question to you is, are they pardoning potheads this close to the midterms because they realize you have to be high to vote Democrat? <laughs> Did we I miss the forest be, through the trees? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I, we might have missed good. the forest through the trees. This isn't about justice. This isn't about equity or anything in between. They're like, if people aren't really high, we're about to lose every seat. That's the only way I can square this. You know, in the, during the 2020 election, I was walking around a neighborhood and there was, there was a graveyard set out in front of someone's yard, you know, for mm-hmm. Halloween. And there was all these dead zombies crawling out of the ground, and they had a bunch of Biden signs in the yard. And I said, oh, so this is a display of Biden voters. <laughs> no, it's a get-out-the-vote operation. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was saying this on stage the other night at the comedy club. Like, pretty soon you're going to see hearses driving around these cemeteries with bumper stickers that say, don't blame me, I voted for Trump, just to shame the dead people. <laughs> don't don't yeah, let me, pal. Exactly. You guys did this. <laughs> exactly. Oh, KP. Yeah. Yeah, everything they do is political, whether it's the uh, the student loan bailout or the, the marijuana thing. My understanding is that nobody is in federal prison for marijuana possession. Yep. Um, but for Kamala Harris to hold herself to you know, her own standards, she she would be in jail if if being in, in you know the, if uh-huh. smoking marijuana uh, carried the same weight as a crime for everybody equally. But it doesn't because remember when she admitted during or she admitted that she had smoked weed during her interview with Charlemagne mm-hmm. and then was laughing about it and then Tulsi Gabbard just buried her in that debate by saying, Oh, it's funny that you joke about this when you ruin people's lives and put them in prison mm-hmm. for smoking weed and yet you think it's a joke now. Yep. So um she would also be in jail. Yeah, for you doing know, that. No, spot on. You know, the whole point of this appearance was for you to kind of calm me down and get me back under control. And I am in full blown <laughs> not only hey you kids get off my lawn, hey you vaccinated you hey you vaccinated kids kids get off my lawn. This is crazy. Yeah, they don't, don't have first. Yeah, I know. How about that? It's so psychotic. It's a mess, Katie. Uh, good it's luck tonight mess. at the event. Make sure you post a pic of that hot teal pantsuit. That sounds badass. I will. Yeah, uh, I will. I will do my best. I'll try to but keep... We're just calling it a suit. We're okay. not calling it a pantsuit because that has bad Hillary vibes. <laughs> so it's just going to be a suit. <laughs> All right, Katie Pavlich. It's, gla- it's great that we can define things now. We do that on the right. We stand by yeah. definition, so it's important that we Correct. do. Thank Correct. you. Thank yeah. you for being the change you want to see in the world, KP. We'll do it again soon. <laughs> Be well. You're welcome. You're the best. Me. There she goes, the great general, Katie Pavlich, senior editor at Town Hall, Fox News contributor, all-around brilliant woman who does one thing you should, we should all do, okay? Self-awareness is a really helpful trait, and a lot of people don't have it because they operate from a place of emotion when it comes to politics that denies them self-awareness, that denies them the ability to look inward and go, hey, am I nuts? Is this a stupid idea? Okay, believe me, I say plenty of stupid things. Okay, but I would say thousands of stupid things a week if I didn't hit the brakes once in a while and question myself. And believe me, I am constantly questioning my positions because you're supposed to, so you can defend them if you actually engage in some crosstalk with people who might think differently than you. But the way it works now is the phone has given us such a staggering sense of self-righteousness but it, because it carefully curates the opinions to make sure they agree, agree with ours 
and reinforce our confirmation bias. So everybody's walking around thinking they're a genius. But here's a newsflash. Most of us are profoundly flawed people. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon taking this show on the road this weekend. Saturday night, I will be in Ottumwa, Iowa. That's going to be a wild one. We're at the Bridgeview Center. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com if you're out in the area. Flying into Des Moines Friday night. Just a civilian in Des Moines. Just a man on a mission. Uh, going to shut down a few bars if you're in the area. Might track down my guy Fletcher Ford. He owns a phenomenal cluster of radio stations out there. You just don't know where this is going to go. Uh, if you don't make it out to Ottumwa, though, uh, you can see me Friday night, the 28th, Saturday night, the 29th of October. I will be at the Spokane Comedy Club. So you got two shots to hang out with your radio buddy this month. I'll be in Spokane, Washington, the 28th and the 29th. In the next hour, I'll be sitting down with Kevin Walling, a Democratic strategist, okay, who wants to make the case— He's a guy who works on the Biden campaign, and he wants to continue to make the case on our air that Biden can still count be counted on. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. That is us. We're number one in the rankings. We're not necessarily playing championship ball right now, but we'll turn turn it around at some point. Uh, Kevin Walling. Kevin Walling is a guy that worked on the Biden campaign in 2020. What an idiot. No, I actually like him quite a bit. He is a Democratic strategist. You see him on Fox all the time. He'll be on Outnumbered tomorrow. But he is stopping by in this hour to talk with me today about all things America, because this is a show, despite all the partisan pugilism out there in the world, this is a show that loves to talk to the other side. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. And we will pull it off at 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of this shindig, uh, everybody is welcome. Even Tulsi Gabbard, who is, oh, by the way, persona non grata in the Democratic Party. If you saw her on Tucker last night, if you heard her clips on our show yesterday, Tulsi Gabbard, of course, went out and announced that she was leaving the Democratic Party. And this is why. Clip 10. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. I mean, essentially what she's saying is... Everything woke turns to... 
including the Democratic Party. Okay, no one can really refute any of her claims, uh, nor can they refute the fact uh, that Tulsi Gabbard at one point was revered in the Democratic Party. Like this is a major rebuke of everything they're doing in the party, the direction they're trying to take the country in. It is. Okay, here, and and I point this out, why? Because as they're now trashing her in the media, you know, she's the worst, how dare her, you know, she's a MAGA extremist, she's Putin's puppet, a friend of the Kremlin. Yo, Tulsi Gabbard fought to defend this country as a member of the military, okay? She served in Congress out in Hawaii, which isn't a huge accomplishment. I mean, they also elected Maisie Hirono out there, who was weapons-grade stupid. But the point is, Tulsi Gabbard, I've met her a bunch here at Fox. Um, back when I was a writer for Kennedy, I hung out with her and her sister in a green room. Found her to be very genuine, very smart, very funny, uh, a little snarky. She was picking on me, but it was, a, you know, good fun. And uh, she is very, uh, you know, tethered to principle. And I point that out to you because I want you to understand, this doesn't make Tulsi Gabbard a Republican. She is not going on Tucker because she is, you know, all in on border security and unlimited, you know, Second Amendment rights and everything in between. She is a liberal. She is to the left of Bernie Sanders. But what she's saying is the party has transformed into this unrecognizable blob that just wants power and profit. And they'll use wokeness to get it. They'll use racial division to get it. They'll start wars to get it. That's what this dude cannot abide, to put it in Big Lebowski terms. She is not on Tucker saying like, hey, I'm a right winger now. That's not what she's saying. So I don't want you to be seduced into thinking, oh, no, she's on our side. No, she's not really on our side. She just understands that nobody can be on their side. Here she is as much telling other Democrats, okay, that have common sense to just leave the party. It's clip 12. I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. Okay, listen, that's all she's saying. She's not saying vote Republican, screw everybody. That being said, all over cable news and all over Twitter, they're like, she's the devil. The people in charge of our culture are emotionally stunted and weird. They only know how to respond in character assassination. They don't respond with like a head to head criticism of what she's accusing the party of. They respond with, well, she must be some MAGA Putin's puppet. But here are Democrats praising, praising Tulsi Gabbard before she made this move. Clip nine. Watch out for the next superstar. Here we go. You're talking about her off-air always. Here we go. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is a rising star in this party. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard should be here tonight. Uh, The reality is we do not have enough young veterans in this party, enough young women in this party, enough people of color in this party. You're considered a rising star in the Democratic Party. You had a position of leadership in the Democratic National Committee. Tulsi's story is really, I think, tailor-made for Hollywood. I half expect Natalie Portman to be vying for the role any day now (laughs) because this story is not to be believed. Tulsi Gabbard, she is going to be the one to watch tonight at the DNC. And Tulsi Gabbard, she's an Iraq War veteran. Yesterday she was promoted from captain to major in the Hawaii National Guard. So she certainly is a rising star. The the fact that she's not here tonight for whatever reason is unfortunate. I don't know, but in a battle, I want her in my trench. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, me too. 
And every one of those people is now calling her Putin's puppet. The media is a bunch of losers. Think about that. Nothing to be said for Tulsi Gabbard. the worst person who ever lived. Oh, she came out as a... She left the Democratic Party? They're not even talking about it. Okay, they're either bashing her or pretending it didn't happen because nobody wants to engage on the facts. Nobody wants to engage on what she's accusing the party of becoming, which is why she's getting trashed to the extent that she was getting trashed or she's getting ignored to the extent that she's getting ignored. Okay, but this was a woman who was at one point considered a rising star in the Democratic Party. Now, to be clear, I mean, I don't want to make too much out of that because at one point Michael Avenatti, Stormy Daniels' lawyer, was considered a rising star in the Democratic Party. You got lucky tonight. We're back with attorney Michael Avenatti. He is a main player. Sitting beside me right now. I'm not going to let you cheat. You, you have to guess. Uh, and hint, his name is Michael Avenatti. Okay. <laughs> um, Look, I think you're doing a hell of a job. I don't think you're in this for money. To me, you're like the Holy Spirit. You are oh. all places <laughs> at all times. He's out there saving the Look, country. You know what? I'm, He's a rock star, I think. It'd be interesting to see his next check. Absolutely. Michael Avenatti for president in 2020. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael Avenatti. Existential threat to the Trump presidency. Please welcome attorney Michael Avenatti. Looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. I wrote about this saying you're currently leading the pack among 2020 contenders on on the Democratic side. What do Democrats value most? If they decide they value a fighter most, people would be foolish to underestimate Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti's a beast. Okay, that's true. He's a beast. He's a beast, and he keeps popping Donald Trump and all of his folks in the mouth repeatedly. He's a beast. (laughs) Michael Avenatti's a beast. If you don't believe that guy, just ask his cellmate in prison. They were propping Michael Avenatti up as like, this guy's going to take down Trump. Stormy Daniels' lawyer. He actually is in jail for fraud, for trying to extort Nike. He's also accused of robbing Stormy Daniels. Although, to be fair, let's not act like she isn't used to, you know, getting the shaft. But the point is, okay, this is a media that is so transactional. This is a Democratic Party that is so transactional. Their bloodlust for power is denying them self-awareness. It's the best advice I ever give you on this show is when I say, like, oh, be a Republican, be a Democrat, don't be a boop, that whole thing. That's a good place to start. But the second best piece of advice really is just ask yourself, ask yourself, examine your positions. Hey, am I crazy? Hey, does this stand up to scrutiny? Can I defend these principles? Can I defend these policies? Okay, the truth is, if you're a Democrat, you don't usually ask yourself those questions because they've gotten away with not engaging on substance. What was Katie Pavlich saying in the last hour when it comes to abortion? No Democrat, not one Democrat, will define a position on abortion, meaning they won't give you a limit on abortion. It went from safe, legal, and rare to let us abort second grader or you hate women or this is the handmaid's tale. Okay, you want to kill women. You know, AOC gets out there. They're not going to treat ectopic pregnancies. Women are going to die. AOC is a dope. An ectopic pregnancy is not an abortion. It's a baby born outside, okay, of the womb that poses a 
uh, mortal threat to the mother, at which point it is illegal in every single state in this country not to treat an ectopic pregnancy. There's nothing about Roe versus Wade that actually pertains to ectopic pregnancies. But these are the kind of battle lines they draw. These are the false pretenses they want to engage in debate over. They don't want to debate on the substance of the issue. They want to debate on the character of the person. That's why Tulsi Gabbard is either A, being called out. She's a Putin stooge. She's been critical of Ukraine. Yo, Ukraine is considered the number one corruption risk in the world. Okay, the most corrupt country on the planet. Okay, you don't have to like Vladimir Putin to wonder if we should be sending these people $40 billion. Okay, do you know how many Venmos we've sent Zelensky at this point as he's out there filming videos on a green screen? Propping up the war effort, taking, you know, photographs with one celebrity after another. I'm not saying they don't deserve our support and sympathy. I'm not saying Vladimir Putin is a good guy, but I'm saying you should be allowed to question everything. And Tulsi Gabbard ultimately left the Democratic Party. Why? Because they won't allow you to question anything. And that's why they hate her. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the rock album that's got audiences sneaking into the country. White House Records presents Elton Joe. Twelve Elton John anthems reworked in honor of our 46th president. Music so good, it's like a drug. Don't let my son smoke crack on me. Cause then he gets naked. It always winds up on TV. Elton Joe, coming soon to a retirement home near you. Lost my damn mind, I lost my damn mind. Now I can't find the word. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon and Elton Joe spent last night. He was talking to Jake Tapper uh, over at CNN. Uh, He was asked uh, about a multitude of things, including the economy. Uh, Biden told us, don't sweat it. We've passed a lot of money, trillion, billion, million for climate change. Try to translate this into English. It's clip five. We passed the look what I ran on. I said, we're going to deal with energy. Right. And, and the energy problem, we're going to deal with the whole notion of global warming. We passed $368 billion worth of help, which, as the same bankers talk about, is going to bring a billion, a trillion, seven hundred million dollars, billion dollars off the sidelines in investment. <laughs> Do you hear any of that? Have you ever had a check? We passed a bill that will bring a trillion, billion, seven hundred and fifty million billion dollars into the market. I've lost my marbles. I don't know what's going on there. Guy's a little bit of a mess. Uh, But when it comes to this climate agenda, this climate agenda is driving us to the brink of a recession. Jamie Dimon, the CEO, J.P. Morgan Chase, he was speaking about this yesterday and flat out said when it comes to the economy, 
you know, don't listen to Biden saying there's not going to be a recession. OK, here is Biden saying it's a slight recession as possible, but I don't anticipate it. This is clip 25. The idea that there is something there's an automaticity to recession is just not is just not there. They keep they've been predicting this off and on for the last. But you just said that a slight recession is possible. It, it is possible. Look, it's possible. I don't anticipate it. But I do think, look, we talk about the impact on families. The families are, they have reason to be concerned about energy prices. They have reason to be concerned about a whole range of issues. You don't have a clue. Okay, Karine Jean-Pierre. She was asked at the White House if the president has any responsibility for what we all know to be a slowing economy. Okay, here it is, clip 26. And so I'm wondering if the president bears any responsibility with his policies for the inflation and, uh, and what they're calling a stalling economy. Okay, we got to step back here and look at what the president walked into here, right? When you think about the night that the, we've been here for about 20 months, when he walked in, businesses were closed, small businesses were closing down, schools were not open, and we were... In a, in a pandemic, during a pandemic or at the beginning of a pandemic where thousands of people were dying. <laughs> That's what the president walked into. So, look, if anything, the, his economic policy has been able to get us back on track in a historic fashion. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. And I say that because Jamie Dimon was on CNBC yesterday. He's a little bit better with money than I am. I don't give you my analysis in moments like this. Me and money never got along. Do you know those like on and off relationships you get into with somebody where, you know, you get back together every eight months for three days just to remind yourselves why you weren't together in the first place? That was always me and money. Every time me and money got together three days in, I'd be like, look, a blackjack table. Look, a strip club. Hubba, hubba. But there was always a reason for me and money to go our separate ways. Jamie Dimon, for whatever you think of the guy, pretty good with money, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, he believes we're six to nine months out on an actual recession. It's clip 29. Inflation, which obviously is you know, changing the effect of those numbers I just told you about, it's rates going up more than people expected already and probably a little bit more from here. It's QT, which we've never had before. Uh, so therefore, the unknown effects, and you see it today in bond markets around the world and sovereign markets and people selling U.S. Treasury debt, and it's the war. And they're likely to put U.S. in some kind of recession six to nine months from now. That can't be good. Six to nine months from now. I mean, listen, we are, on the plus side, are in the golden age of women selling naked pictures of their body on OnlyFans. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. Like, you got to look at the upside to a lot of what's going on in the country right now. You know, you're looking to check out some single mom in her birthday suit. This is your Super Bowl. And the same goes for single guys. If that's how you roll, I'm not going to judge. Don't yuck my yum, as they say. I don't care what you're into. It's the whole point of America. We're free-range chickens. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. We can all do our own damn thing. Uh, it's just going to be a little more pricey to do that damn thing because inflation's at a 40-year high. And most major financial analysts do believe we're heading towards some type of a recession. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and try to articulate the White House worldview on all of this stuff because I was not a surrogate for Biden. I was not a worker on the campaign in 2020. Kevin Walling was. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. I don't know biggest, but I'd say top three. But he's a delightful guy. He's going to be joining us in the next in the next break, and we're going to actually, you know, talk across the aisle. Do you remember the old? Remember that? Do you remember talk shows? 
where people can be like, I see it this way, I see it that way. You can agree to disagree. You can have a polite conversation, move on with your lives. We're doing that. This is not the Thunderdome radio show where it's like, hey, I disagree with your position on the border. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. Nobody's doing that. Although we might put on Speedos. You never know. Kevin Walling, when we come back on Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We are so fired up to talk to this next guest. He worked for Joe Biden uh, on the 2020 campaign. He is still uh, a Democratic strategist and a surrogate for this president. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I disagree. He has a lot of common sense. You know him. You love him. Uh, Kevin Walling back on the show. Hey, girl. Hey, Jimmy. Good to be with you. I want I want the sound effect buttons over here. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, wanna, you have all the control. You want to return fire? Yeah, you better believe it. Oh, Kevin <laughs> Walling coming in. He's changing the rules of the game. You shut your mouth, you bastard. I don't have to take this, Walling. Good to see you, man. Good to be with you. I always forget that you're tall. Very tall. But it's refreshing. I always forget how handsome you are in person. Oh, Wallet. It doesn't come across on the screen. No, not at all. No. Do you want to know what's so funny? (laughs) Whenever I go to meet and greets, every time, this is my favorite compliment, old women will come up to me once they're done taking a photograph with me and grabbing my ass, which they all do. Totally. Like Lincoln will always say when I come home, he's like, how many old ladies grabbed your ass? You're black and blue after those shows. (laughs) I'm hurting (laughs) you. I'm in bad shape here, okay, as I'm getting iced down. After the meet and greet. But women always come up and be like, oh, the camera doesn't do you justice at all. I'm like, but do you I really? Know. I know. But what they're really saying is you look terrible on TV. Like, wow. That is not true. Oh, Wally. He looks good in person and on TV. He's such a sweet talker. This is how it works across the aisle. But I appreciate uh, your height, though, as a guy working in TV, because everybody I'm surrounded by is like 5'2". I know. They're all little guys. I'm like, That's so, where the, these dude, egos come from. I'm t- what it is. I'm technically 6'1", but in this building, it's like Gulliver's Travels. You know, I have people like <laughs> get tied down by the midgets. <laughs> I don't know if we can good. say that anymore. Not at Fox. Little people. Little people. Fo- you Sorry. can't say midget. You have to say, Gut- you have to say Gutfeld. Um, but stick with me. <laughs> Ho! Boom! He's got jokes, Kevin Walling. Um, are you sad to see Tulsi Gabbard leave the party? Who? Who? <laughs> She's got to ride that last wave on that boogie board out into the sunset, but as I, far as I'm concerned. All right, but I want to bring her up quickly as a cautionary sure. tale. Because she didn't leave and say she's a Republican now. To be clear, she was to the left of Bernie. But there's this fool's gold when it comes to people suddenly taking your political side that leads folks to embrace them with open arms. Like, hey, we got Tulsi. We don't actually have Tulsi. You know what I mean? (laughs) No one does. That's what I mean. It's a very very finite shelf life. It's like when you you embrace Kanye or you went out and said, like, oh, Joe Manchin's on our side now. No, he's not. He's on Joe Manchin's side. (laughs) Exactly. Joe Manchin is in the Joe Manchin business. Would you not agree? A hundred percent. And in the West Virginia business. I'd give him that. Yeah, I'll give him that. Wild and wonderful. Do you think think to some extent, though, uh, what Tulsi's criticisms were valid and that people are scared to say what they think in the party oh my god everyone's scared to say what they really think across party lines everyone's manufactured when they come to candidacy Uh um so again tulsi's in it for tulsi she's going to milk this 14 minutes of fame as much as she can she released that video she's doing interviews she's now embraced by the the far right she's nobody's hero she's nobody's favorite person and she'll fade away well i was going to ask you that because at one point she was like a rising star in the party i almost she she was a i think she was a vice chair of the democratic party at one point when Uh she was in congress yes and i think she had a lot more upward mobility in the long haul i think than kamala but i think they might have put their money on the wrong horse there uh you know not reducing these women to thoroughbred horses (laughs) uh but i'm just saying in general uh i i think she actually had a bright future i think they 
they might have misread the tea leaves. But it doesn't mean, you know, on the Republican side, because there's so many tweets today like, oh, she could be Trump's running mate in 2020. I'm like, would you stop it? Can you imagine? No, I don't actually. I still don't think Trump's running. So let me ask you this. Yeah. I'll concede that that I don't think he's running. Do you have to say Biden's running or you'll get shot with a cattle prod right now like you were counting cards in a casino? As we have discussed, mm-hmm. it's about three months away from Christmas. I want one White House Christmas <laughs> invite to their great parties. I'm not going to ever say a critical word about this president. Uh-huh. He is young. Uh-huh. He is spry. <laughs> he is making things happen for the American people. And I will see you at Christmas. Some crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Well, back to my earlier statement. I want controls over here. Back, I can't fire back. Back to my earlier statement, Kevin Walling, about people being very careful about what they say in the Democratic Party. I think Tulsi, I think you just proved her point. And that's fine. We move on. This is not a you versus me, as you know. Never. Um, I'm in a weird spot right now, okay, in terms of, you know, we're like 27 days out from the midterms. I feel like the biggest races are the ones with the most flawed people running in them. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, it's really tough. It's yeah. like Pennsylvania, Georgia, the whole thing in between. But I do think that speaks to the larger point you made, which is that everybody to some extent is engaged in an exercise in self-censorship because they don't want to bash their own person 27 days out. Now, I will tell you this. I've had Herschel Walker on the show. I actually gave him the Founders Award at like a big black tie benefit out in Pittsburgh. And we had a delightful time, although he almost killed me because I ate his dinner roll. And I don't believe it was me. I believe I ate the Fox affiliate rep's dinner roll and his wife ate his dinner roll, but I don't want to get into it. But then when I do hear things that he and I hadn't discussed on the air, like if he has a multiple personality disorder or something like that, not ideal. Probably okay. not. A little frowned upon and, and for elected the, office. And But then at the same time, it's like if you went the other way, if Ronock ran over his wife or something crazy like that, not ideal. Okay, same with Pennsylvania. Okay, I can't really get into Dr. Oz. I can't. And at the same time, I don't want to slight Fetterman for his health because there, but for the grace of God, go I. Amen. But I think it's hard to watch him and feel like he'd be able to serve functionally. So we're in these two huge high-profile races where I think people are just going to vote for their party no matter what. And that's my bigger concern. It's like when you and I come on, we try to do this in a way that prioritizes the greater good of the country. But I don't think the country, like we might be ahead of the curve is what I'm saying. Or behind the curve. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe because that's <laughs> Back to the era of good feelings the, the, or whatever. Yeah, the in point the I'm trying to make is I don't think the country is doing what we're doing. Okay? No, I think that's right. And it's, Looking at it objectively. Mm-hmm. And with, with our, with our yeah. partisanship lenses. But. but the point I would make then is that, you know, when Biden went down to Florida, him and DeSantis – had good moments, despite vast political differences. There were good moments of, hey, this is bigger than politics. We need to do it. But were you as not as like blown away as I was? Maybe it's to be expected that that got no attention in the media. That's not what sells, right? It's, I mean, that's not that, what the focus is. That's where we are now. Is that yeah. what politics have become? I think so. But you know, I, listen, I I watched the Ohio Senate debate, and I know we haven't yeah. talked about JD. We'll get there. And, and, and Tim mm-hmm. Ryan. But I was actually super encouraged with that debate. I yeah. mean, for all of the fireworks and stuff like that, they yeah. shook hands afterwards. They were not super nasty towards one another. Yeah. And you actually got some information out of that debate. You did. That would be a good model. We're talking to Kevin Walling. He is in studio uh, talking about the several Democrats that have been willing to debate. Sure. There are a couple, you know, little busy, little cra- you know, crowded Listen, dance card. There, there, there are politics to debates all the time, right? Like, you know, you got Val Demings down in Florida. She wants to debate Marco Rubio every night. Yep. He's agreed to one. He's you know, you so one. when you're down, yep. you want to you want to figure out whatever is going to change the, the playing field. Yep. 
Yeah, Lee Zeldin's been like stabbed at a rally. They <laughs> shot somebody in his yard. Hochul's like, nah, yeah. <laughs> we're not talking I'm crime 50 with you. Points up. Yeah, I'm I don't sad. need. The, yeah. I don't need this garbage. <laughs> Lee who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Lee's famous recipe chicken. She's like, I like that. I've heard of it. It's a good chain. It's around the country. <laughs> crispy, Lee, crispy. Lee's, and Lee's, if you're listening, you are fantastic. Um, but stick with me. Same issue with Katie Hobbs out in Arizona. Like, she's not dying to debate Carrie Lake. Which I think is the dumbest thing as yeah. a Democrat. What? Why are you ducking this woman? Now, mm-hmm. again, she was a TV star, right? She was an anchor. She's got yeah. skills. She, Carrie Lake is a great communicator. Yeah. And this is a Kevin Walling, Democrat yeah, yeah. strategist. Get, get on her. Yeah. Take the fight to her. Mm-hmm. Especially in Arizona. Manifest Destiny, they like that. It's a Western state. Yeah. You know, she's got cowboy boots and everything, Katie. You know, <laughs> they want to carry like they, take people, it to her. People want to watch a draw. They want high news. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Walling wants political duels to come back. He it wants Hamilton and Burr. Yeah, he wants Hamilton. more interesting. I mean, for sure. you think about it, all the time we spend cursing each other out on cable news these days. Yeah. You know, why don't we just have duels, Walling? Let's do it. All right. We're not really endorsing violence. Please no. don't call the switchboard. No. We're not into that sort of thing. Kevin Walling and studio Democratic strategist. You know him, you love him. Um, I'll ask you about this border thing. Okay. I don't, I know you. I wish you wouldn't. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Next. (laughs) Hold on. This is for you. I admire your honesty. There you go, Kevin. The candor, the candor of Kevin Walling. Uh, But it does feel like when you look at this new Bill Malusion report that Mayorkas was told on the way into this briefing, hey, nobody was getting whipped, but they kind of gaslit anyway. I know you don't condone that. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I don't, you know, I think it's unfair when they make a Democrat come in and answer for all Democrats. Sure. You know, and I think they do the same thing on the right also. You know what I mean? But I do think to some extent there was a calculated strategy there, which was if we can yell at these border agents for a week, we don't have to talk about the border. Do you think the Democrats have made an active effort to take the border away from a substantive debate? I think we made an active effort to to push it under the rug yeah, to yeah. the best we can mm-hmm. and not talk about it because it is a crisis point. It's been a, it's been a freaking crisis going back to the 80s, right? Yeah. I mean, we we there were 14 million here people here without documentation when Donald Trump took office. Many more came during those 4 years, many more now. Mm-hmm. And we're reaching the point where there's 2 million people likely coming at the end mm-hmm. of the calendar year across that border. Yep. And I think the real problem is not necessarily with this administration, and you can critique it up, down, left, and center, but with Congress shirking its duty and has been for a long time. Now, are you talking about the actual you know, citizenship process? Is that what you mean? Actual you citizenship, mm-hmm. figuring out what the deal with DACA is, providing more funding for DHS, mm-hmm. and yes, including more border security with walls. Wouldn't Absolutely. Hurt. How about Kevin Wally? He said the W word. You just lost your White House invite. I know. I but it's know. not true because Democrats have voted for border wall fencing in, we have. in previous administrations. We, we, you, you know this, Jimmy. We had a deal back in 2013 mm-hmm. with Marco Rubio championing that. Yep. Marco Rubio of now would never pass something like that. Yep. And it died in the House of Representatives under Republican control. That's a problem. Imagine that. Have you ever been kicked out of Martha's Vineyard? Never. Because you're white. No. <laughs> That's why Kevin Walling. Don't you I used dare. to park cars on Martha's Vineyard. I, I don't doubt that you did. And I'm sure you were welcome I to work my way out. <laughs> but if those cars had five or six passengers from Venezuela, you might not have si been, puede. You might not have gotten a great tip, Kevin Walling, is what I'm saying. We're having a grown-up talk. So I feel like when it comes to the border... Because you're right to say that it, it should be one of those issues that's beyond politics and 100%. that it is the front door to the House. But I think where identity politics is holding us hostage from a substantive engagement on issues is it's so much easier to just characterize your opponent as biased and some type of a hatred 
as opposed to recognizing the common path we'd benefit from. Absolutely. Okay, and that's the part that drives me crazy. So I think for the three people that didn't turn their station when I said I was having a Democrat on, <laughs> I think they're all nodding their Stick heads. Stick with yes. me. Stick Come with on, me. Come on, guys. Don't, we need you. Where are Come you on. going? Come you on. Know? Because everybody else has gotten so addicted to the bile because I think what the bile does, and, and it's the confirmation bias, is it instills everybody with such a sense of self-righteousness that totally. you can just walk around all day pinning everything you're mad about on this other political ideology. And it's fear of the other, yeah. which at its basic core is what's happening at the border. Oh, it's so true. And now like, we got these poor border agents. There's no horses. What are those horses doing, by the way? Are I they running know. in the Kentucky Derby? I, well, doing I'm just something? happy you're not calling uh, women candidates horses st- uh, like you were <laughs> 20 Walling. minutes ago. But. And this is how it ends because he's got to get back his good standing in the pardon and the party. Uh, I bring up pardons though in pot. I need one. Is it true uh, that the Democrats started p- pardoning potential marijuana offenses because they know the only way to vote Democrat in the midterms is if you're really high? Yes, we will. <laughs> we will pardon anything. Just stick with us for the next twenty-seven days. <laughs> just get over. I admire the honesty. It's the candor. But you're right. Everybody just needs to get this thing over the hump. Uh, and last but not least, let's talk vaccine for a minute because this is nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, pharmaceutical companies. And I don't know. You might not know this, but they they make a lot of money. Just a bit. And they're kind of like you know. When in doubt, if there's a quadrillion dollars to be made, yeah, they're probably going to vote in favor of making the quadrillion as opposed to being like, oh, what if somebody has an issue? Yeah. You know, there's a, the mind has a weird way of rationalizing things when there's a billion dollars on the other end of the decision. Amen. You know what I mean? And as I'm like, I'm reading this. This is not – this is really – you know, separate from the politics. When you're reading the head of Pfizer's international marketing campaign testify before the European Parliament that they didn't test this for transmission – it's like, so you're telling me, like, Mako is not testing brakes to see if they stop the car before they before you buy them off of them? Isn't that the whole premise of a vaccine? Uh, you would think. So, but this is the thing. We always speak to there being like a uniparty, like an establishment. Like a 80% of Washington is just on a good gravy train. They eat those good lobbyist dinners. And God love them. Okay. I think the money, when it came to the vaccine, got so astonishing that there was nobody that really had a genuine interest in stopping it on either side. Because there's plenty of Republicans that scream about mandates and stuff like that. But a lot of these battles were brought after the fact, you know, because warp speed took place under Trump. Sure. What's funny is at the time, a lot of Republicans were yelling, you know, when the FDA approved it right after the election, which was a little suspicious. They waited a week after. It was Trump's FDA for four years. They waited a week. Fine. They waited until a week after, and everybody was like, oh, how dare they wait a week and everything, and Trump's not getting credit for the vaccine. This ironically could end with Democrats giving Trump credit for the vaccine. Do you realize that? Could very well be. If we get another 10 million breakthrough cases, a little more myocarditis, will Trump get the credit for the vaccine in the end? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? We'll still still be around to to get it. Walling just wants to get into the White House. And you know what? It's convenient. I got three months. Three months. It's convenient. Well, the viewers have spoken. The listeners have spoken. Get him out of here. <laughs> Walling, you will be on Outnumbered tomorrow? That's Outnumbered? First time on the couch with the ladies. Wow. You're going to love it, man. Any it's, advice? It's a, listen, man. Uh, let me give you my advice for being on Outnumbered. Yeah. And this is what I think everyone does wrong. Okay? We all show up with points to make. Mm-hmm. But you're on a panel with four other brilliant women. Amen. If you show up not to talk but to listen. You're going to find a lot of really good spontaneous moments that they love. And I find that outnumbered, honestly, more than any other show. Yeah. Because you're on together for an hour. The whole show takes place during commercial breaks. You talk, you laugh. On the sidelines. They do whatever they want. And that really is the vibe of the show. 
So have fun in the breaks. I know you'll have fun on the air. You're great at it. But if you have fun in the breaks, it kind of spills into the show. I love that. That's and great that's, advice. That's how I get by. We go to commercial. I'm making balloon animals. I'm doing card tricks. I'm reading tarot <laughs> cards. I don't bring a lot of intellectual know-how. You know what I'm saying? You so absolutely I gotta, do. I got to bamboozle them. But it works, <laughs> Walling. It works. Stick with me, kid. You're going places. Thanks, Hopefully buddy. one of them is at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to I'll see the Christmas I'll save you some trees. Christmas cookies. <laughs> there it goes. Well, how, I went from I was your plus one to you're saving me Christmas oh, cookies. Oh, you're coming. You're you know coming. What? No, Kevin, you know, you brought Kevin, up the board. Kevin, you can't come yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> That's just how white folks will do you. That's enough. Back <laughs> after this. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America. I'll be doing this live on the telly tomorrow night with Greg Gutfeld, our lovable comedy dwarf. Uh, check that out. And then we're going on the road this weekend. We're in Ottumwa, Iowa, the home of Radar from MASH. It's everything I know about Ottumwa, but it's going to be rowdy. We're going to be at the Bridgeview Center Saturday night. You can get tickets for that at Ticketmaster.com. And then I'll be up in Spokane, Washington, Friday night the 28th, Saturday night the 29th. You can check me out there. Then I'm going to Vegas November the 5th at the Red Rock Resort. It's going to be bananas. Uh, that one's completely sold out, uh, but you can still see me at the blackjack table, probably at the pawn shop afterwards, <laughs> maybe even hitchhiking to the airport. Me and Vegas don't get along, but I'd love to see you there. So if you're in the area, come out to the Red Rock Saturday night, November the 5th. And then I should remind you, we just added uh, at the Bricktown Comedy Club uh, December 9th and 10th down in Oklahoma City. Another opportunity to hang out with your radio buddy in the 405. But as we wrap this show up today, it's not about gratuitous comedy plugs. Never is on this show. Although I do like to see you guys. You guys are a good crowd. I don't have a lot of psychos. Like when you go to one of my meet and greets, you might get flashed by a woman. Uh, you might, you know, you might hear some jokes about my sport coats or that my, you know, my, I'm a bad dad and, you know, Lincoln's going to take over the show and Jenny's going to leave me for the, the landscaper. All fantasies of mine, by the way, so don't feel bad sharing them. Uh, but the point is, our crowd, as crowds go, are the epitome of what the show is supposed to be. Like, don't take any of this seriously. That's why we have Kevin Walling on for 15 minutes. It's not just because I want to tank the ratings, okay? It's because you're supposed to recognize that we all want the same stuff out of life. You know, you're trying to get paid. You're trying to get laid. You're trying to make some money, trying to have a couple of laughs along the way, eat a halfway decent meal. It's the whole point of this whole entire thing. And the reason I feel like we've taken such a pronounced step back in the overall quality of life Life here is beating the other guy has become more important than helping generate that rising tide that'll lift your boat and his boat. And again, I know this sounds like I want to run for office, but they have a thing called background checks, so it's never going to happen. Uh, but the point is I can act like I would, and you could be that same change yourself. So that's the end of the sermon today. The show's over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.